Hey everyone, just popping in here. I was recently nominated for an AVN award um, for favorite adult podcast, and I'd really appreciate your vote. So if you can go to avn.com slash awards slash voting, you can cast your vote up to once per day up until January 7th. I'd really appreciate your support and thank you so much for all the support along the way. Thanks. Are you a sex worker looking to build a new website or a website redesign? Then you'll want to consider Fox Digital. They did a fantastic job designing my website, Stripped by Sia. If you want your website done, mention that you're a listener of the show at foxdigital.design for 20% off. Tell them I sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi. Still not on stage. It's okay. It's literally the holidays when this this will be released. So um, just taking a bit of a break from stage, from stage but uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep track uh, on my IG when I'll be performing next because I don't know when I'll be booked next. I am sorry. But in the meantime, you can catch me on OnlyFans. I am very active there as well as what else do I do? Um, all the things. I do all the things. Um, this podcast being one of them. Um, and if you are brand new here, uh, Stripped by Sia is a podcast dedicated to the destigmatization of sex work. So every week I bring on a different guest from different facets of the sex industry. Um, anyone who's behind the scenes an adult, uh, creators, uh, performers, talent, um, people that are on stage, etc. People and allies and organizations that are also uh, aligned with us uh, with their best uh, beliefs uh, in forward. Blech. I cannot talk this morning. I'm not going to edit that out. Um, it is 7 a.m. my time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is um, the first human I'm talking to this morning. I apologize. And I also apologize if you hear some yelling in the background. My partner is watching FIFA. Um, there is some games on and this recording at the same time. So I apologize. And yeah, stumbling over my words. I'm sorry. I'll just have to deal with it for today. <laughs> but with that being said, I just want to shout out to my lovely Patreon subscribers. Hello, hello. I'm just going to give a quick shout out to those who are in the top tier and second tier of that platform here. So hello to Ted McGuire, brand new here. Selena Money, also brand new from a few weeks ago. Um, you guys are brand new to that. Thank you so much for supporting. As well as Snoo Snoo, all the way from Germany. We've got Jay Sunsern and Arup Sarkar, who are here locally um, here in Vancouver, Canada, and Justin Erickson. Um, not very far down, but from Vancouver, Washington. Thank you so much. Um, as you all might know already, the new website is finally up, www.strippedbysia.com. That's where you can find all the episodes. I've made all the graphics. I was up all last night um, at the time of recording trying to get everything done before December 1st. It is out. Please check it and enjoy it. I will have lots more thoughtfully written summaries, more detailed on that. So check it out. Your money is going towards that. And the next project is hopefully maybe getting a new mic or something. But um, just know that your money is going somewhere useful. So thank you. And last but not least, um, well, two things, two places, um, places, things. Jesus, I this is going to be a struggle this morning. <laughs> um, we want to thank Skyhawk After Dark. TV, which is an adult network for other like-minded podcasts and videocasts just like mine. So be sure to check them out. We've got some great people that have had on the show that also have podcasts on there as well. It's skyhawkafterdarktv.com. And last but not least, our sponsor, Fox Digital. That's where I got my website made. Uh, please, please reach out to Anthony. I just interviewed him a few episodes ago. Um, he is a great web designer. Really, really great tips on um, if you are building your own website, if you do need a website made, check it out. You get 20% off uh, if you email him. It is foxdigital.design. 
whew, did that under four minutes with stumbling. I am proud of myself. Okay. <laughs> the episode is not about all the things that I have to say in the beginning of the show. It is about sex positivity um, and also talking about um, HSV. And if you don't know what HSV is, it's herpes simplex virus. And I am actually kind of shocked slash ashamed to say that I haven't done an episode at all dedicated to, I mean, the elephant in the room that we never talk about sometimes in adults. And that is, um, you know, STIs, um, certain diseases and things we might contract doing the type of work that we do. And I... I don't know why it took me so long. We're five seasons in. Um, I mean, there's so many like subjects under the sun that I can talk about, but this is something that has been on my mind, especially for the past season. I'm like, oh, I need to get someone on. Um, we did have a couple listeners request for this person to come on to the show. So if you are familiar with Safe Slut on Instagram slash TikTok, um, she is a very, very... <laughs> awesome meme <laughs> meme <laughs> generator <laughs> and content creator in this sex positivity space and i would love to welcome trish aka safe slut onto the show today welcome thank you thank you for having me oh I'm so excited to have you here and and thanks for bearing with me for the <laughs> past few minutes here trying to like talk this morning, but I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. We're going to have an oh, an hour dedicated to this very topic. And again, something that I've never talked about on the show um, that I think is really, really important in terms of like your own personal health, your safety and whatnot, especially for those who are listening, um, not just those who are in full service sex, sex work, but just people in general. If you're having sex, you should probably listen to this episode <laughs> in general. So I think it would be useful on, on that front for sure. But I've been babbling on and on, and I really don't feel like talking because I keep stumbling over my words. Trish, can I pass it over to you? And would you like to tell the audience um, who you are in your own words and terms? Yeah. Um, so I am Trisha, aka Safe Slut. Um, I was diagnosed with genital herpes a little over three years ago. Um, so when I got herpes, I realized there was so much social stigma surrounding the virus um, when it's actually extremely common and not a big deal. Um, so before I got herpes, uh, so I'm a licensed esthetician and herbalist. So I um, make my own products and like tinctures, body, skincare stuff. So when I got herpes, I was like, well, let me make some products for myself for my outbreaks. Um, so while doing that, I also was like going through the diagnosis and dealing with stigma and stuff. So I knew I wanted to start like um, an Instagram about it. It was more initially to help myself through um, the stigma and my diagnosis. Um, but then it kind of turned into this big like sex positive thing because I was able to actually talk about things that I've always wanted to talk about because um, I've always been obsessed with sex and stuff like that and wanting to like talk about slut shaming which has been a huge part of my existence um, <laughs> as a very like sex forward person um, so I kind of did like the um, herbal side of things like the witchy herbal stuff and then also um, like memes I'm also a writer so like a lot of writing content creation um, so now I do I'm on like every social media platform you can think of because Instagram has banned me twice. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> dealing with censorship. Mm -hmm. So I'm on everything you can think of. Um, and as of almost a year ago, I started doing Patreon as well for writing and then also like my nudes and stuff to show that you're still really hot if you have herpes. Um, and then now I do um, OnlyFans as well. So I also like gotten into the sex work realm. Um, so yeah, all, also all the stuff. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> I love it. I know what you mean. Today is both of our days off. So thank you so much for just taking the time out of your busy yeah. schedule. I, I understand completely. <laughs> yes. It's like when we do the work we do, it's just like we're constantly working. <laughs> constantly working, lack of sleep, we're always on the yeah. phone, doing all the things. Yeah. So oh, I get yeah. your hustle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, we have a huge topic here to tackle today. Um, 
I would love for you to kind of share your story in terms of like, and I guess in more detail because you kind of just like glossed over it right now. Um, but yeah, if you want to share your story, um, feel free to open up in terms of like um, what happened three years ago, how you found out, um, any kind of backstory I think would be appreciated. Oh, there's a good backstory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so as I said, I got herpes a little over three years ago. Um, so I went through a huge hoe phase in my like early twenties as you do. Didn't we and all? <laughs> I, yeah, as we all do. And, but I like really wasn't educated on STIs at all. And I wasn't being like as safe as I could have been, but I actually, besides HPV, which everyone gets, um, I didn't get any STIs, which is like very, very lucky. Um, but so towards like, I was dating someone who was really sad over them and then I started seeing someone else was sat over them. So was just kind of like dealing with like some heartbreak stuff in 2019. Um, so I, it was Halloween night and my roommate and I were like party hopping. So by the time we got to the last party, we were three sheets to the wind and we saw this extremely hot man. Like he looked like a Greek God, like he was beautiful. And we were so drunk that we were like, you know what? Like, let's just share him. Like we don't want to fight over him. So we literally, (laughs) literally, yeah, we were just like, you know what? Um, he was dressed as a fallen angel, which is like so funny. Um, <laughs> I can just imagine. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so we went up to him and we were like, you're so hot. Like, we both want to suck your dick. Like, we'll do it right now. And he just was like, okay. Um, <laughs> so we both hooked up with him in like one of the rooms at this party. Um, we didn't have like penetrative sex. Um, but then whatever, like we were at the party, like all doing our thing. And then he was like, when we go home, like, I want to have sex with you. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) so we ended up having sex, just the two of us. My, I don't know what my friend was probably just fell asleep. I don't know. And, um, we didn't use a condom. Um, but I do want to note that you can get herpes even when using condoms because it's transferred skin to skin, not through fluid. Um, but obviously it would make it more likely to happen if you're not using protection. Um, so it was like the most average sex I've ever had. It was like two minutes long, like at night. And then in the morning we had sex again and it was like very average, whatever, like, you know, and he ended up in the morning. I was like, well, I don't know who this person is. So let's like try to chat. And he ended up being like such a himbo, like had nothing to say. He, uh, I mean, but he was hot. So, I mean, if you're going to get herpes, at least get it from someone who's like extremely beautiful. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, whatever. So, he left. He didn't, we didn't exchange numbers or anything. It was just sort of like, all right, see ya. See ya, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, get out of my life. And um, so, then three days later, like on the dot, I had my first outbreak. Um, I didn't. I didn't know what it was. So... I had my roommates like look at my vulva. I had like this one tiny sore, like kind of on the um, like hood of my clit, mm. and it was just like not a good spot to have it. Oh, no. And yeah, and so I started. I also had like flu-like symptoms, um, but the funny thing was, my roommate also started getting flu-like symptoms, which are both indicators of a of your first herpes outbreak. Right. She didn't have a sore though, but she she did give him oral. Um, mm. So I ended up going to urgent care. Um, I ended up getting diagnosed like on the spot. She just like looked at it and was like, yeah, like this is herpes. And I was like, obviously devastated. Like I didn't leave my bed for days. I just like bawled my eyes out. But I also was kind of like, I deserve this. Um, and kind of going through that shame of like, I'm a very sexual person. Like, of course I'm going to get this. Right. Um, so while I was dealing with that, my roommate was also sick. And so once I came home and was diagnosed, she was like, oh my God, I probably have it like on my mouth since like you, you got it. Right. So she ended up going to, we have the same, we had the same gynecologist. So she, oh. <laughs> yeah. So she went to her gynecologist and kind of like told them what happened. Yeah. Um, and then, so I went in the next day to get my blood work done because they didn't do my blood work at, um, urgent care. Right. And, um, so I was like, talking to the nurse, you know, just like devastated and was kind of like, well, is herpes like super common? And she was like, oh yeah, like we diagnose people all the time. We had someone yesterday who had a threesome with her roommate and they both got herpes. Like, and I was like, (laughs) and I just was like, and I was like, well, I was the other roommate. <laughs> like that oh. was me. <laughs> oh my God. It was because <laughs> like, my roommate came in the day before and told them what happened. Yeah. Um, oh my God. <laughs> she was like, she was like, well, I appreciate your honesty. Um, but so my roommate, ended up not getting it because 
the guy who gave it to me had HSV2. And although he was, he didn't have an outbreak, but he was shedding, which means that he doesn't have any symptoms, but um, he can still transmit the virus. It like happens like um, it, the longer you have herpes, the less you shed, but it just happened to be one of those days that he was shedding. Um, But since she didn't get it on her mouth is because he has HSV2 and HSV2 rarely transfers orally. It can happen. It's just not as likely like genitally, whereas HSV1 um, usually is on the mouth. Right. Um, but is is very often trans transmitted generally through oral sex. Um, ah. Yeah. So yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting virus. But so yeah. So which is like so yeah. So she didn't end up getting it. I got it. And then yeah, for days I was devastated. And I ended up talking to a friend who knew this guy, and she was like, "Oh well, um, uh, he used to date someone who had herpes. So I'm pretty sure like he has it in like new. So he didn't disclose to me, which uh. is unfortunate. Which is why I'm a huge advocate for disclosing even." If it's just a one night stand, even though it's unlikely it would transmit, it happened to me. So, and I didn't get the choice. So, always want to have people <laughs> give people the choice. Um, but yeah, so it it the first week was awful. I feel like I felt so alone. Like I didn't know anyone else that had it until I started telling literally everyone I knew because I'm a Leo and that is what I do. Yeah. um and the more people I told the more people were like oh me too I've never told anyone or like oh this person has it that I know like they're totally fine um and then I started um safe slut the day I got diagnosed I thought of the name safe slut it just like popped into my head like oh I have to be a safe slut now I can't be like a slut do a safe (laughs) slut um (laughs) and yeah so I initially was anonymous on safe slut And then a month later, I was like, you know what, let me post a photo of myself, like the people who are following me, like have it too, like, it's fine. And then like a month or so later, I posted a nude on my um, a censored nude on my personal um, Instagram account and was just like, hey, I have herpes, follow safe slut. Um, And it was really scary. It was so scary. But it was it was so worth it. I the amount of people that I like, were just acquaintances that were like, oh my God, I haven't, I haven't told anyone, like, thank you so much and, and all these things. So it That's was, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story because I just feel like it is, I mean, the people that I know that have HSV2, that is very common in terms of like how mm-hmm. they got it. Like yeah. my longtime partner before my now fiance, um, he also had HSV2 as well. And I remember like, and we were together for like three years, a long time. And I remember immediately, not immediately, probably a month after like I moved in and stuff and we, we, we moved pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he sat me in his car and I remember we had this conversation about, oh, I have herpes. And I just remembered what I was feeling and of course looking back at this now how selfish it was in terms of thinking be like oh my gosh like am I gonna get it um uh, like am I still gonna date him and just like thinking me 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 instead of like what is he thinking and like for him to like come out and be respectful and also responsible for telling me that like I just remember having the whole conversation and and navigating through that relationship but like Honestly, it was pretty normal um, in terms of like how to navigate a relationship when you have HSV. But we'll definitely go into that conversation uh, a little bit later on in in the episode too. But um, I really like your approach in terms of like how transparent you are because again, like so many people have it and there is so much shame that is around HSV or in general, pretty much STIs um, as a whole. So I'm really glad that you're able to have this conversation and have people resonate with you and bring people together and build that type of community too. Cause no one ever talks about. Yeah. No, cause we, cause honestly it's like, it's no one's fault. And like, it's not your fault that you felt the way you did when your ex-partner disclosed to you because um, I know you're in Canada, but like I'm assuming our sex ed was very similar where it's like we didn't really have too much of it and it was yeah. very sex negative where we're kind of taught. I also grew up Catholic. So we're like <laughs> taught 
yeah so yeah it's very similar where it's like you are supposed to reject people like me and then it's like really bad um and it kind of promotes the shame and like fear-mongering um so it's and we also weren't educated on like how herpes really works um like a lot of people don't know that cold sores are herpes or that you're not tested for it on the STI panel um usually so it's kind of it's no one's fault but at, at at this point, like we need to start like obviously being accountable as we get older for our sexual health. But yeah, it's, it's a learning process. Like it was for me, like I didn't know anything until I got it. So definitely. And like going back to that topic of like sex ed back when I was like in grade six and, and like 11 years old, it literally was just popping in a video and you just watch and there was no discussion like and <laughs> the girls and the boys were separated and yeah we had to like different videos and stuff too and then I don't even remember us having a conversation about this at all when I went to high school because I went to private Catholic school and you're not supposed to have sex before marriage yeah that was never a thing you don't need sex ed because you're not having sex yeah how wrong is that (laughs) yeah so I went to public school but I went to CCD and we watched a video in CCD about um, like not doing, not drinking, not doing drugs, not having sex. And like there was one little clip of like, it was like a couple on their wedding night and like this, the wife had like a dirty shoe and he had a clean shoe and he was like, oh my God, the entire football team has like walked in your shoes. Like it's dirty. And like, like <laughs> to be like, he's had sex with the whole team. And like, wow, it, it's just so laughable. Like even watching it at that age, like everyone in the class was like, Pfft. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's it's a joke. It's like as much as you want to tell teens to not have sex, like they're going to do it. So you might as well give them the right tools. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should have probably <laughs> – and this is my mistake. But like for anyone who's wondering in terms of like hey, what is HSV, what is herpes simplex virus, maybe we can kind of go into some general information about the virus. Like what is it? I know you kind of went – really briefly in terms of like how it might be contracted and the difference between one and two. But um, for anyone listening that is like this information is just kind of going over head. Maybe we can just take a step back and define yeah. all these Herpes things. 101. Yeah. Herpes 101. Yeah. So herpes is a virus of the nervous system. Um, so there's two strains, HSV1, HSV2. Um, there's also there's a lot of different viruses in the herpes family. So like chicken pox, mono, shingles, that's all herpes. Oh. Um, most people don't know. Yeah. So it, like, yeah. it's like mono when you get it, it's like it's in your body forever. Um, but again, like you, there's no like symptoms of it. It's just like a virus that you have, like you have, and you have the antibodies for it. Um, so, but the usual ones that show up like genitally or on the mouth. So like cold sores is HSV1 or HSV2. HSV1 is usually cold sores, so pops up on the mouth. Um, but more, more and more, because people are engaging in oral sex more, which we love, mm-hmm. um, it can be transmitted to the genitals um, through oral sex. So um, even if you don't have a cold sore present, you can still transmit it because of the sh- when you shed. Um and you don't know when you're shedding. So it's, I mean, it's it, with anyone, it's always a risk. So like, even if you got cold sores as a little kid, that's still, like, that's still herpes. And even if you didn't get, get it sexually, it can still transmit during sex, which kind of shows like how shameful and sex negative our society is where it's like, if you got it as a kid, like, it's kind of like, oh, I get cold sores as a kid. It's a little bit different. But like, when you have it generally, it's way more stigmatized solely because we did get it through sex. And because it, lives on our genitals which is like so silly and it kind of yeah. shows how it's just the stigma itself because it's the same virus just in a different location totally. um and then so then hsv2 usually lives genitally um it can transmit orally but as i said before it's very rare um it just doesn't really happen mm-hmm. um but again like if you have any symptoms um if you're having an outbreak or if you're having prodromes which is symptoms um before you get an outbreak like i get like nerve pain in my leg um, you're obviously going to want to avoid sex or using that area. There's other things you can do, of course. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's very common. It's like over one in six people in the U S have genital herpes, but since it's not tested for on the STI panel, 
most people who have it don't even know they have it because it is asymptomatic and they've never been tested. I think it's like over like 85% of people don't know. That's so crazy. yeah, so it's like literally like honestly like you can assume that like more people have herpes than not and like with hsv1 like it's like over two-thirds of the world population gets cold sores yeah so it's just it's like a joke like it's like that's why like whenever i'm like doing like support calls or something like i and like just try to like put things into perspective because after you have the facts you're kind of like oh wait really like that's this is it yeah it's just like the way like society and like yeah our sex ed makes stis out to be but like herpes just herpes is just it's everywhere I know. It's <laughs> I know. Cause like, I remember like talking about it too. I think it was, was in high school. And I think it was not like in school, but like talking with my peers about it. Cause obviously that was like a scare, uh, mm-hmm. a potential scare. Like, Oh, if you get it, then you're going to get it for life. And like mm-hmm. the fear mongering aspect of it. Yeah. And then, like, you could spread it's super contagious too. Yeah, people think that? that you're always contagious. Like, I, yeah. I've had herpes for three years. I've had a fair amount of sexual partners, and I, to my knowledge, haven't transmitted to anyone. Like, it's 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 safer to sleep with with someone with herpes and knows their status than someone who doesn't because yes. we're more aware of what's going on in our body. Maybe we take antivirals. Um, we're having those conversations about sexual health, whereas like if you're just like with someone who doesn't know their status, they could be like, yeah, transmitting it and not even knowing, you know? Yeah. And that's a scary part too. Cause that's basically, I think that's how my ex got contracted with it too. Like he was also going through a hoe phase too. And just like sleeping with randos. And I mean, we all have, there's nothing wrong with that. Sex is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, then, yeah, then he ended up contracting it. Um, but I remember like when, when, when he first had the conversation with me, I was also thinking that way too. Like, oh my gosh, like am I, when am I going to get it? And like, is it going to be – like we've been having sex. Like is this going to be an issue? And I remember him telling me, yes, you are not contagious all the time. And he knew when he was kind of getting the symptoms when he was about to have an outbreak and whatnot. And And – Although mine is different because I have HSV one, like I I get cold sores, and mainly when it's super sunny and I'm in a tropical tropical destination, and basically like I have too much sun exposure, then I break out in in cold sores and whatnot. But I can also tell um, when that's going to happen, and usually like for me personally, like stress is another thing that um, might trigger that on like the number one trigger for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean like, yeah. let's kind of go into like symptoms, but I, I know as you mentioned with that term shedding, like you just don't know when that is too. So it's like, let's talk about symptoms, um, some telltale signs, although I know probably people might be different, but. Maybe. Yeah. So that's the thing that's hard is like everyone's prodrome symptoms or even what their outbreak looks like is going to be different. Um, but that's why when you get your first outbreak, usually like it's going to pop up in the same location. It can move around because, um, it it can just pop up in the general region, but usually it will pop up in the same location. Um, but it's good to like know your triggers and then also what yours looks like, what your symptoms are. For me, I don't really get outbreaks anymore. I actually have one right now because I'm very stressed. Oh, but okay. I had like nerve pain all the way down my leg for a couple of days. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm probably getting an outbreak. And you shall take Valtrex, but I just like didn't because I just didn't feel like it. But um, yes, Valtrex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for your first outbreak, usually people will get flu-like symptoms. Like they'll get like swollen lymph nodes in their groin um, flu-like symptoms, maybe a headache, just like kind of tired, maybe that nerve pain. Um, or they might just feel like really itchy in the area. They might notice like some redness on the skin and then either like a day or so later, then that's when the outbreak will pop up. And for some people, maybe it's like one sore, maybe it's like a bunch of them. Sometimes it looks like a paper cut. Like there's so many different things. So that's why it's like, if you're unsure, go get swabbed at the doctor because herpes doesn't look like doesn't always look like what you saw in textbooks growing up where it's just like like swarms of outbreaks all over your genitals which some people unfortunately do have like really intense ones but for the most part like mine's just like one sore usually um and that's that's usually standard for symptomatic people it's just like one or two sores that 
if you didn't know you have it, you might just ignore it and not even have noticed it. Yeah. Um, totally. So definitely something to think about. But yeah, every, but everyone's going to be different. Yeah. So. I mean, um, genitally speaking, I mean, you can definitely, you've definitely talked about that. Um, for those who get cold sores on the mouth, like for myself personally, I usually couple days before I'll get redness and my lip will kind of start swelling um I mean it looks great but like it's yeah you're like lip color yeah this is great (laughs) for me like I kind of get like a tingly sensation I can't really like describe it but then um then I'll kind of feel like a bit of hardened skin um where the cold sore might be forming and then usually if I'm not taking Valtrex and if you don't know what Valtrex is it's in the overall it's isn't over the counter. I don't think it's over the counter. Um, no, you need a prescription for yeah. it, but the, usually you can just call your doctor and be like, "Yo, I have herpes," and they'll yeah. usually just exactly. Yeah. And that yeah. works for me. It's like an over, yeah, not an over the counter, but prescription um, medication that you can take. At least I take it oral, orally in the form of pills, and um, for me that works so much faster than using um, what the hell is cream like a Breva, or, yeah, a Breva and yeah. stuff too. I feel like it's a lot more effective, um, mm-hmm. personally speaking, and it's just like a godsend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like a mix of like natural and Valtrex. Cool. I like a little bit of both because I also like I make my own stuff, so I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I like using it. Um, but yeah, we love Valtrex. She, <laughs> yeah, she gets the job done. <laughs> Best. <laughs> yeah. Best. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned it earlier too, but like, what? How do you? How do you test for this since it's not usually on like standard STI tests? Like, and that's something I didn't really know about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt the same way when I like didn't know that I wasn't tested for it. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you're like, wait, what? But um, so there's two main ways to get tested for herpes. If you have symptoms, they're gonna swab you. Um and then you can also do a blood test, an IgG blood test that will test for antibodies. Um, it also will determine which type you have, which right. is cool to know. Um, I don't think it's like super important, but I mean, it's best to know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> you know. but when you first get herpes and you get an outbreak, there's a chance that your IgG will come back negative because you haven't had that time to build up the antibodies. So it's not going to show up on a test yet. So it can take up to like three-ish months to show up, um, which is why it's like testing can be kind of um, weird and wonky because there's also some uh, like false positives, false negatives. The test isn't super reliable, um, which is why, which is a main reason why they don't include it on the STI panel Um, because it's like, it's not super a hundred percent, which I'm kind of like, "Um, why not? Like fix it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're a doctor. Like just do it. Yeah. so there's that. And then also they're like so many people have it. They're like, and they're usually asymptomatic. Um, so they're like, let's just, you know, um, there's no, for the most part, there's no real health risk with having herpes. So it's, they're like, it's not really necessary. It's not like if it's not like gonorrhea or chlamydia where it, if it goes untreated, like it can really wreak havoc on your reproductive system and, and other things. But, um, and then the last reason why they don't include it is because since it's usually asymptomatic, they know that the um, psychological aspect of having a herpes diagnosis can be really harmful so they don't want to like scare people if they're not symptomatic which I think is kind of morally wrong yeah is that kind of backwards though like it's a little backwards because it's just kind of it's perpetuating stigma yeah because I'm like if everyone got tested for it and knew that they had it then there wouldn't be stigma but I get but the reason why I understand is like because of those false positive and negatives like that it's like not 100 percent. so that, that's where that makes sense but it's unfortunate because i just wish everyone knew their status because people be like cool we all have herpes not a big deal yeah and they would just be treated like it's like a not it's not issue yeah it should be like oh i have a cold right now kind of thing yeah you know? yeah mm-hmm. exactly jeez i mean like it, that's really frustrating to hear mm-hmm. that i had no idea in in regards to the testing portion of it and how <laughs> how inaccurate yeah. <laughs> that could yeah. be right yeah. jeez um i mean with that being said and this might be a general question um in terms of like getting tested but like 
a lot of times people are like, well, how often should you get tested? And like, you know, for those who are in, say, in porn and stuff, we do get tested all the time. But of course, there can be some of that time where where a virus might be brewing and you're, you're testing negative too. So I feel like it's necessary to have this conversation. But like uh, on the topic of testing, how often should people be getting tested? And this might be a no-brainer for some, but again, for those who are listening, that this is a new, fairly new topic, let's just like dive into it. Yeah. My, well, my thing is like if I have a new partner, like a one-night stand, like I'm going to get tested after them just, you know, but I would wait three weeks before I'll get tested after that partner because it can take, it takes with any STI, it's going to take either like a couple of weeks, a couple of months to show up. Like HIV and herpes is like up to three months ish usually. Um, Gonorrhea and chlamydia, I think is like one to three weeks. So there's like a window period. Um, But usually a good rule of thumb is like every three months, if you're like sexually active um, with like various people, um, I feel like some people like to go above and beyond and just do like after each partner, like every single time, which I think is great. If you have the accessibility to it and like your insurance covers it, yeah, definitely do it. But I know like it can be really hard for people to find it with, if they don't have insurance, like finding it like at a reasonable price. Um, Cause also the other thing with herpes, it's a really expensive test. Um, mm. My insurance should have covered it, but when I got diagnosed for some reason, it didn't. And I owed like $2,000. What? And I was like, yeah yeah oh and I was like fuck this I'm not I'm not paying this I was like I'm gonna send this to the guy that gave it to me um but I just ignored it and it went to a debt collector and now it's like it's just gone I don't know what happened so <laughs> just ignore your medical bills that's my professional opinion <laughs> that's hilarious I mean yeah for a, a lot of us Canadian listeners we get free health care yeah free oh. yeah <laughs> yeah it's probably easier yeah it's hard out here yeah, um, yeah like, I'm really on Medicaid that. or Medicare I forget which one it is but um yeah so I have everything for free too which is great nice. um but yeah it can be really really hard but um but yeah I know like yeah in the porn industry um so I have like I haven't done porn yet but I have an agent that like I might in the future Ooh. but we were talking yeah I know yes. um yeah um but I think yeah, yeah there, we can talk about that later but um <laughs> um but he we were talking about herpes because he was like your OnlyFans name is Herpes Witch. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm like the work that I do. And he was like, oh, okay, I get it. And he was like, most people don't like advertise that in the porn industry. And, and he was yeah. like, but like, pretty, like, it's just kind of like an assume that you kind of have it um, mm-hmm. in the porn industry. And I know like, interesting. You don't, yeah, like you don't really, and I've talked to other sex workers, like, they're like, you don't disclose it. You, like, you'll, you get tested before you do a scene, but it, you're not testing for herpes. They just kind of assume you have it. If you have an outbreak, then you just wait till it's gone and then you, yeah. then you do the scene kind of thing, which I think is nice that that's how it, it is in the industry because it just sort of like, yeah, we're adults. We have herpes. Like, yeah. Move on. <laughs> I don't know. So. I mean, it should be, just be treated as such, though. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that, that's really cool. I mean, like, did, did your agent have any, like, hesitations about that at all? Or no? It's just no, like- not at all. He was just saying that he's worked with, like, he was just kind of going, like, on a tangent that, like, <laughs> he's worked with, like, younger – because I'm 28. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, like, when I work with girls who are, like, 18, 19, and they get their first herpes outbreak, one that like if they like got it from like a performer or, or even just in general they like freak out because like oh I can't work I can't right. do this like my life is over and then he has to like explain to them like how it works yeah. um so he he was really great so that's why I'm glad he like understood but yeah. he was like maybe don't like we were talking about I was potentially gonna go to um uh that expo um oh yeah exotica uh, or whatever exotica was yeah and then expo yeah in january as well too yeah i did end up going but he was like if you go like bring your business card but he was like but maybe don't advertise that you're like the herpes witch <laughs> <laughs> could be your alter yeah, ego yeah yeah <laughs> that's cool i mean like going along with that conversation of like oh i can't work anymore too because like a lot of people might think this might affect their their sex work or mm-hmm. um or for those who are just having sex and who are not in the industry like oh my gosh i can't have sex anymore that's not true not that's that not- was what i thought too initially i was like oh my god i can never have sex again but it's like literally like not true at all and it's funny because i like in my early 20s I was like oh my god I really want to be a porn star like I've 
like yeah. really into it. And then when I got herpes, I was like, no, I can't do porn. Um, <laughs> and now it's funny that I'm actually like introduced to doing it kind of because I got herpes. So it was like kind of like a cute little circle thing. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, you can still do porn. You can still have sex. You can still be a hoe if you have herpes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's really, really important. And some people who are listening, you know, might have it too and might be going through this or maybe they just got their first outbreak too. But tell us um, how you were able to kind of cope and deal with it because I know you felt very isolated. Um, you felt really alone and no one was talking about it. No one ever talks about it because it's deemed as quote unquote private information. Yeah, are embarrassed. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. it. Um, so I ended up having uh, two really close people in my life that I didn't know that had it end up having it. And so seeing that they were both in long-term relationships, I was like, okay, I feel, this was like three days in, I was like, okay, I feel better. Like they were, both of them were like, you can still, like one of them was in a really long-term relationship and was like, it's fine. I've never had another outbreak. It hasn't been a problem, whatever. And then the other person was like, I've had sex with like over a hundred people since it's fine. No one cares. And I was like, wow. Um, and then I realized like looking on, cause I obviously like went to Instagram immediately after I got it and found all these great um, herpes advocates. Nice. And a lot of them were like, you can still be in a relationship. You can still find love. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. But can I still fuck around? Like I'm 25. I still want to be a hoe. Yeah. Um, can I still do that? Um, so that was kind of a huge inspiration for why I wanted to start Safe Selects. I wanted to talk about how you can still do that and you can do it in a safer way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about that informed consent. Yes. And, yes. you know, um, so kind of honestly, like, yeah, talking to like more friends and family about it um, and then starting Instagram, just really, it was mainly Instagram, just like finding a community of people who also had it and we could just kind of like support each other. So Honestly, yeah, the internet saved my life. Yeah, and the internet is a great place. Yeah, I love it. For lots of for lots of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. also a terrible place for a lot yeah, of Yeah, and also like really scary. Yeah. <laughs> like <not good> Too <laughs> extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going off on informed consent, I feel like this is a really good portion of the show to talk about that. Um, when you first okay, so you had your first outbreak you were at home and we're just like, oh, like this sucks. Um, I don't know if I could be home anymore, all this stuff. Um, when you did have the information, the resources, and you felt comfortable, like, okay, this is great. And um, I want to have sex again. What did the conversation look with that first partner that you had sex with after you've been diagnosed with HSV? Um, well, the first person I disclosed to ghosted me. Um, so I love that, but it was, um, it was like a longer story. So I, it was, this was someone that I hooked up with a year before Mm -hmm. and then I, we like kind of rekindled and I was like, just FYI, like I have herpes now. And I sent this like really long explanation and he was like, Oh no worries. My ex-girlfriend had it. Like I totally get it. So I was like, okay, cool. So day of comes where we're going to hook up and I don't hear from him. And then I like, responded like are you ghost to me because I have herpes like if so like that's really hot then he never responded to me but I ghosted him a year before so I was like maybe this is just like him being like fuck you I'm gonna ghost you now <laughs> um, and like I don't know if it was it could be herpes it could have been something else because like he again he did date someone who had it before and was fine with it right so you never know so I honestly wasn't too upset especially because it was just a hookup yeah um but the first time I had sex was actually like really cute so it was um, just like a mutual friend of a friend and we were at a punk show and I was talking, I obviously got drunk and like all I did was talk about how I had herpes like all night <laughs> and he was like, oh, I have someone really close to me that just got diagnosed too. Like I know all about it. And like, I was like, Ooh, hot. And so then we um, went home and hooked up and it was just like, it was like, I was the first time I had sex in so long because of the diagnosis. Yeah. So we just like did it everything like it was just like unhinged unhinged um and then in the morning I obviously was like oh I feel kind of like nervous about it and so I texted him and he was I was like how are you feeling about it and he was like I'm actually I'm just more concerned with like getting to work on time than I am about getting herpes and I was like wow that was really sweet um so yeah so that was a really easy conversation because I it wasn't like I was disclosing to him to have sex with him it was like I was just like talking about it and then we ended up hooking up Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just like disclosure in general, it's funny because 
the conversation I have is just the conversation I should have been having before I got herpes. Like you should always talk to your partners about sexual health before you have sex. So I always just like start the conversation by asking them when they've been tested last and like what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Cause it's going to be really telling with how they respond to it. Like, because um, their sexual health also is important. Like if they haven't been tested in a while, like I'm not going to sleep with them. Like just because I have an STI doesn't mean like yeah. I'm just like the you know. Um, yeah. So really. so yeah. So it's it's a nice. It makes it like a more like open conversation as opposed than it just like me disclosing. It's like we're both having this just like open conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just like, like say it really casually. Yeah, I feel like most of the time people already know because like if they Google me before, they're going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. one good thing about having yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Yeah, they can already do the research before and then I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, going back to like, you know, um, starting out the conversation with like, you know, when was the last time you got tested? A lot of people um, when I was still like having multiple partners back in my 20s as well. Um, yes, that's usually how we had conversations too, um, at least the responsible ones had those conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've also been the irresponsible one too on the other side too and be like, oh well, yeah, maybe I should get tested. And and those conversations actually like sparking like, oh, this is a reminder. Be responsible. Uh, be responsible, yeah. ho. <laughs> yeah. Be a safe slut. Yeah. Be a safe slut yeah. for sure. Because I mean, that's the only thing too because like you never consented to any of this right and exactly yeah that's definitely an intrusion for mm-hmm. sure yeah that's why it's, it's so important like yeah even if it's just a one-night stand like have those conversations like there's there's doctors that will tell you like don't disclose until it's like a serious thing or like you really want to date someone like I've had so many people message me that that's what their doctor told them what? and like again I get and I disagree I get their reasoning where they're like it's just everyone has it it's probably gonna be asymptomatic if they do like you know but I since I got it from a one-night stand I'm very adamant about always disclosing because like you yeah. should give someone the choice about their health like Absolutely. you know oh my God. it's like a brainer for me yeah yeah I mean we've talked about like all the positive things that have happened but have you ever had any pushback at all or yeah if people go see for that or people saying yeah awful shit yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely obviously get trolls all the time on, like, Instagram and TikTok. But, yes. again, the, the, if you look at the people who are saying it and, like, posting, like, mean things, like, if you look at them, like, they're always just, like, trolls. They're always just, like, gross old men or just, like, <laughs> little incels. So I'm just, like, trust <laughs> yeah. me, like, you're not – it's not affecting me. Yeah. Um, of course, it's not great to see. And, like, I don't want – like, if they comment on my page, I usually just delete it because I don't want people who are struggling with their diagnosis to see that. Yeah. think that that's how the majority of people feel because it's just not true yeah um, and, you know and I yeah I've definitely been rejected a couple of times it's more often than not that I'm not getting rejected um because after you educate someone it's kind of like oh really that's it um so um what the last time I did get rejected I was dating this guy for a couple months and he didn't disclose to me that he got cold sores until after I disclosed to him that I had herpes, like general herpes. Uh Um, And so we were having sex, whatever. But then I realized he wasn't going down on me. And I was like, this was like, I think a month in and I was kind of like, Hey, like what's going on here? Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to get herpes on my mouth. And I was like, (laughs) you already have it. Like you already have herpes. You already get cold sores. It's like, and again, they're different strains. Yeah, But at the same time, it's like he wouldn't have known the difference if he got a cold sore that was an HSV-1 cold sore, an HSV-2 cold sore. Um, and I also explained to him that like HSV-2 doesn't really transmit orally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more, it wasn't that like I got rejected. It was more being like, we're done here. Yeah. Because it's like you weren't, you were okay with having sex with me. Yeah. Even though you could get it on your dick, even when we're using condoms. So your pleasure, it's you'll take the risk. But when it comes to my pleasure only, like you're not going to do it. Like literally, fuck no. you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for you, because that's yeah. that's really annoying. I mean, do you find that most people are just uneducated about HSV in general? Yeah. That's that's more it. It's more like the lack of education. Um, because once people are educated, then then it's usually not an issue because they're like, Oh, okay. That's it. Um, but again, and it's like, it's not their fault to a degree because we weren't taught this and like no one, a lot of people don't want to talk about it, which is why I'm talking about it. 
Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like as adults, you should be responsible and looking into your own personal health Mm -hmm. and hygiene and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like using that excuse only is a bit of a cop out. um, And I just feel it's very, can be potentially very dangerous. It's dangerous and just like, it's also very selfish. Um, I was talking to a friend who has it and she was saying that like, she was dating a guy who hasn't been tested in a while, but doesn't want to have sex with her because he doesn't want to risk it. And it's like he, and it's the men, and I'm saying men here because it's usually cis men who are doing usually, this. Usually, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> is they don't want to have, they don't want to use protection. They just want to have unprotected sex and they don't want to have any accountability when it's like, you're being more unsafe than like someone who has herpes like we're doing the work of like disclosing and talking about safer sex when it's like you don't even get tested but because you don't have symptoms you think you're clean um mm-hmm. which i'm using that in quotations because that is what they say and that is not what you should be saying when you're talking about stis yes. um <laughs> and so it just it's yeah it, it's just like laziness and selfish very much so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious too, and I don't know if you'll have the information because you don't have the lived experience for it, but for like those who are listening and those who are full service sex workers and living with, with HSV um, and clients being worried about that, like, is that something, and this is just a general question in terms of like your opinion, because I don't know if you would know, but do you think that is that something you should disclose right on your booking website or something you should have that conversation with before they book and whatnot? Like, how would you navigate that? So I've talked to a few sex workers who I know that have herpes and got their opinion. Um, and then I've also had a bunch of sex workers who are newly diagnosed, like, ask me. And I kind of tell them what the sex work, full service sex workers say, because like, again, like it's not my place to say since I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're usually like, again, it's kind of like the porn industry where it's like, you kind of assume you have it. So it's not, you don't really talk about it. Um, so it's either kind of like, you don't, you don't disclose it. Um, which again, like you guys, everyone knows how I feel about not disclosing, but again, it's, it is what it is in those situations. Um, and then, there's people who it's like after you vet your client, then you kind of have that conversation. Cause again, even though it's like a service, like it's still, it's still sex. So yeah. you can still have those conversations both ways. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like I've, I've heard both where it's like, yes, disclose after you vetted them. Like maybe don't like put it on your website. Yeah. Um, that, that would be my, if I have like any like saying it, I, that's what I would choose is like after you vet them, then have that conversation. Um, again, there's going to run the risk of maybe losing a client, um, because of it, but, um, which is unfortunate because it's like, they probably have it too, you know, that's why it's frustrating. So I I see both, again, I see both sides of what, what that would be like. Yeah. Um, And that can be tricky, but I think that would be definitely up to their discretion, um, in terms of like the, I guess the timing of it all when you would mm-hmm. disclose that too because not not a lot of people would be this is part of my brand like <laughs> you know yeah most people aren't doing that <laughs> yeah most people aren't doing that um but there yeah. are, I'm just what I'm trying to say here is that, that there there are responsible ways of doing that and that might just come down to like timing um when you want to have the conversation and as as mentioned before too you're you're only um like when you're having outbreaks, that's when, or when you're shedding, that's when you can transmit it. So yeah, just be responsible out there. <laughs> yeah, do, do the best, do the best you can. I mean, that's the thing with sex. There's no such thing as like safe sex. There's only safer sex because there's always going to be a risk, no matter what, no matter how safe you are, if you're using protection, like you can still get herpes and HPV. Um, Again, people, most people have cold sores, so that can transmit. Like it's just there's so many like variables, so there's no there's no way to, to be completely like safe, risk free. There's always a risk. There's always a risk, exactly. Yeah. And going into any kind of adult work, there's always a risk. Right. right. So, it's part of the job. Like that's one of the you know expectations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, there were a couple questions that came in from the audience um, that we can probably go into at this point in the conversation. Um, let's read the one here from Twitter. I'm just going to pull up my phone because I forgot to write it out because I am silly like that. 
Um, this one came from Vancouver guy. A question I always ponder, and we kind of went over this a little bit, um, but for those that are active um, multiple slash new partners, how often should we be getting tested and for what? So yeah, so like as we said before, if you're if you're like really ho phase like going for it, like I I personally would do after every partner, um, but just keeping in mind with that window period for STIs, um, you can ask. So when you can be like, I want to get tested for everything, and then you're gonna get the standard, um, like HIV, gonorrhea, chlamydia, um, syphilis, usually hepatitis C, and then sometimes like trick. I can't, I don't even know how to say the whole thing, trichinum, yeah. whatever. No, you know? is, yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. Usually that's actually been included a lot, which cool, great. Um, it's also not necessarily an STI as well. It's one of those, like it can be, whatever. Um, so that is the standard. You can ask for an, a herpes test as well. They might say no to you if you don't have any symptoms. Um, but they, if the if it's like a, a good doctor, like they'll assess your level of risk and by asking you how many partners you're having, how often, whatnot. So like if you are having multiple partners and whatever, there's a chance that they would be like, okay, cause you're probably at more risk of getting herpes. So then they would. Um, but, it, but then keeping in mind that there's those false positives, false negatives. Right. So yeah. That's a good summary. And maybe, who knows, in the future, I might do maybe another more general episode on STIs too, um, but we'll mm-hmm. see. I just feel like this is conversations we need that need to be had that I haven't yeah. had on the show, so. <laughs> Very important, yeah. <laughs> um, this one comes in from Instagram from Danny. Um, what to do if your partner intentionally doesn't tell you they have herpes, but you find out? Um. First, like, I would say don't freak out. <laughs> Try not to freak out. Yeah. Um, whenever I get people DMing me that they're like, I had sex, I didn't disclose, I feel terrible terrible about it. Um, that, that's that's usually what happens. Like, they're not like, I'm not going to tell them because, like, fuck them. I want to give it to them. That, unless you're an asshole, like, no one's doing that. <laughs> um, the main reason that they're not is because the stigma is so bad that they're so afraid to talk about it. Um, they're afraid of getting either rejected or just being shamed, maybe being outed if it's unsafe. Um, so I personally would respond in like a more empathetic kind of way if you can. Um, again, I personally don't agree with not disclosing, but I understand why people are so afraid to talk about it. Um, and that's always there whenever I get DMs, that's what they're saying. There's like, I was just so afraid. Um, so I would, I would just have an open conversation about it and try not to judge them, honestly. Um, again, at the end of the day, like it's probably unlikely that that person contracted it if they weren't having an outbreak. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's more unlikely. Um, but yeah, I would just try to ask them about it and just become more educated about it. Um, because again, if you think about it, if it was in a different location, like if it was like, if they had cold sores and didn't tell you, would you still feel the same way? Maybe yeah. not. And then that shows where your education is lacking mm-hmm. because it's the same thing, just a different location and it's more stigmatized. Yeah. But yeah. but also like they, they owe you an apology also. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully they aren't an asshole. Unfortunately, some assholes yeah. do exist on yeah, all yeah. genders. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I like that whole, like, you know, approach with the conversation type thing. Mm -hmm. So, so thank you for that. But before we let you go, Trisha, where can we find you? So I am on Instagram and TikTok at safe.slut. And then my backup on Instagram is at safe.slut with two T's. And then my third, second backup on Instagram is at safer.slut <laughs> um, and then Twitter is um, safe underscore slut and then Patreon is just safe slut YouTube just safe slut my website is safe slut.shop and then my OnlyFans is at herpes.witch all of the things all the social media yeah everything yeah um all of the links are in the show notes below so don't forget to give trisha a follow comment all the things um she would love to hear from you especially if you found this 
episode useful. Um, again, if you have any feedback, um, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's stripped by Sia. And on Patreon, stripped by Sia, uh, patreon.com slash stripped by Sia, um, www stripped by Sia, stripped by Sia.com. You could check that out. Again, all the episodes are on there. You could pitch me if you want to be in the show, etc. etc. And the show is available on all podcast platforms. So check me out on Apple. If you want to rate five stars, write me a nice review. That would be awesome. Um, Same thing with Spotify. The rating system's up there too if you truly enjoy the show. And all other things, it's it's everywhere. The show is everywhere. (laughs) But um, this is such a great, insightful, and educational episode. Trisha, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. And for everyone else listening, if you enjoyed this, stay tuned for another episode coming out to you next Sunday at 12 midnight. Thanks, Trisha. Thank you. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Dabrin.